Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour two. Chris Moore for Bill Ryder. <laughs> That's why Bill Ryder isn't a huge star. He admits when he's wrong. You can't do that. What are you talking about? You ruin everything. Start admitting when you're wrong. 855-212-4CBS. EJ Stewart is producing, and we appreciate that. And we will not take your calls in this first segment because we've got a nice guest to talk about why there are no more errors in baseball. <laughs> he wrote about it, Mike Axisa from CBSSports.com, and it was, uh, you know, baseball fans know that this is the case. I don't care what local broadcast you watch the color commentators and the play-by-play guys too usually uh, have brought up how the error has become you know a, a rare thing because whether dictated or not it seems the official scorers want to give out hits and don't want to give out errors and Mike you wrote about that and uh, I don't think you got any uh, pushback from people saying it wasn't true yeah and I mean the proof is in I mean the numbers you look at the error rate and I mean, errors are, I mean, they've been in decline since like the 1970s. They just keep going down. But really the last three or four years, it's been just an accelerated decline. And kind of the the 2020 pandemic season is kind of like the breaking point. It went from, you know, this really high error rate in 2019 to just nothing now. You know, it's it's down so much. I I did the math in the the article, and it was something like the difference between 2019 and this year. It's like 400 errors across a full season. And that's enough to... It would raise the league batting average two full points, which I know maybe doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, a league batting average, you know, 250 looks better than 248. It's not a, a insignificant number there. And you know, the league said that there's been no directive to score more hits because the big conspiracy theory is that you know MLB says score more things hit, so this way there's a higher batting average, and we sure. can say all our we can say all our new rules are working. And the league said there's been nothing like that. They did acknowledge that they are trying to make it more uniform that. You know, because, uh, you know, official scoring varies from city to city based on the score. They want to try to make it more uniform. They did admit that. But I don't know. There's a, there's some plays you watch. I mean, it's every single night you see a player. Yes. Like, what, what, what is that? How would that a hit? But, you know, ultimately, like, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, at the end of the day on the field, it's still a base runner. But I don't know. It, it just There's something weird kind of going on here. Yeah, you, I mean, what they don't get, but I guess if there are more – so many more casual fans than ardent fans that that it really doesn't matter, as you say. 
but they don't get that people feel like they're being played a little bit, and no yeah. one likes that. You know, I don't care what what it is, whether you're at the grocery store or consuming anything at any time. No one, no one ever likes to feel like they're getting played. You know, and and that. I mean, I don't know how to quantify that if you're an organization like Major League Baseball, but I, I just don't think it's uh, – I don't know. I think that they should try and do something about it simply because it does give you the sense that because averages are so low, they're doing everything they can behind the scenes to boost them a little bit. And it just, you know, it's a little grimy feeling. All right, let's move on from that. Dodgers playing great. Braves playing great. <laughs> Only one of them can win. Who do you like? You know, I would right now. I think it's the Braves. I think you just look at really the entire season as a whole. They've just been the best team in baseball. The offense is, is it's really kind of out of this world. You know, the numbers were we're pretty deep into the season now, and their numbers they're kind of on par with like the nineteen twenty seven Yankees. You look just like up and down the lineup. Their seven, eight, nine hitters would hit four, five, six for a lot of teams. They're really good. They're starting to get healthy uh, in on the mound. You know, Max Fried came back a few starts ago. He's looked great. The Dodgers, there are still some questions there about the pitching, about kind of the depth of the team on the bench, the bottom of the lineup, the middle of the bullpen. They're still obviously really good. You know, this was supposed to be kind of like uh, not a rebuild year, but kind of like a step back, get a little bit younger and focus on the future. And they're still going to, they're on pace to win 99 games. You know, they're just that good. I just think the Braves with just the depth they have and just the amount of impact players they have, they have so many stars who are playing at a high level. They look like the team to beat right now. Yeah, they just demolished the Yankees in a three-game set, and there was talk of the 98 Yankees, which uh, was a 114-win team, and then I think went 11-2 and in the postseason. Uh, and there were a lot of comparisons made to that 98 team because, as you just mentioned, that was another team that 7-8-9 could really hurt you, and obviously if that's the case, then 1-6 through six must be pretty good. Yeah, and I don't know if the Braves are, are 1998 Yankees good. That, that 98 Yankees team is the best team I've ever seen, and that's kind of a lofty standard here, but I think just just looking at this season, the Braves are clearly kind of the best team here. You know, earlier in the season, it looked like the Rays were really good and were going to kind of be the best team. They have kind of come back to earth and are playing more like the team. I think everybody kind of expected them to be coming into the season where, I mean, the Braves just, they just look great and they've been great the last few years. This is not like an out of nowhere great season. They won the World Series two years ago. They were on the division last year. This is going to be their sixth straight division title. This is just... It's more of the same for them, and they're just kind of elevated their game just because you see, like, Ronald Acuna Jr. is really kind of coming into his prime now, and Austin Riley is really coming into his prime. So all these good things are starting to happen at once for them. Are you fascinated by the Yankees and their spending not equaling the consistency of, you just mentioned the Braves, the consistency of Tampa, the consistency of Houston, of being in the mix, of being there. Now you've got the up-and-comers. All of them seem to have some homegrown talent that the Yankees don't, and they they seem more out of sorts than I can remember in quite some time, and yet yeah. there doesn't seem to be a hint of management change there. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, that loss last night, they dropped them under 500. It's the first time they've been under 500 this late in the season since 1995. You know, you talk about consistency. I mean, the Yankees have had a winning season for the last 30 years, which is yeah. the second yeah. longest streak in baseball. That's that's remarkable when you think about just how long a period of time that is and you look at how good other teams are. Like, the Rays have the second longest streak in the American League. I think it's five years. It's just absurd how long that streak is. And 
Yeah, there's a lot of problems with the Yankees right now. They have not done a good enough job developing young players. Obviously, Aaron Judge is the exception. He's been one of the best players in the world since he came up in 20, really 2016, but 2017 was his big breakout year. Graber Torres is a good player. He's not a great player. He's not really like a franchise guy. They've had a lot of other players like Gary Sanchez, Miguel Linda, and Duhar, and Luis Severino on a mound who came up, they had immediate success, and they just didn't sustain it. And they've kind of papered over these moves, papered over those mistakes. You know, they've passed on a lot of, like, A's and settled for B's and C's. You know, they didn't get Bryce Harper. They didn't get Manny Machado. They settled for, like, Josh Donaldson, which, you know, hasn't worked out. They, they were so afraid of getting stuck with long contracts that were bad, and they wound up with a bloated payroll anyway for a bunch of players who are not performing. And there's no indication right now that, that Hal Steinbrenner is going to make a change, the, you know, whether it's Brian Cashman or other members of the front office. But, you know, it, it's August. So let's see how they feel in October and November. I'm not, uh, you know, I think Cashman returning is the most likely outcome, but I don't think it's 100% stone-cold lock. And you look at the season they're having, I mean, this has kind of been, you could kind of see this coming for a little while. The last three years, you know, they were great the first half last season, but otherwise last three years they've been a pretty kind of okay, mediocre team, and now it's just they got hit hard by pitching injuries. They're without judge for such a long period of time. It's, it's just all these bad things are happening at once, and, you know, the last really the last, like, two months, they've been one of, like, the six or seven worst teams in baseball. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's the uh, I'm sensitive to the death of optimism. It's not, you know, of course they were going to have a losing season sometime. Uh, but when you look at them, how they're built, how the front office stays, how old they are, yeah, uh, and how little they've been able to develop. You know, you talk about Judge. I mean, they had Brett Gardner there forever, and they just never were able to develop another outfielder other than Judge this whole time, and yeah. the years go by. So it's just an interesting dynamic where – for an off-season, unless something really does change, the Yankee fan, for the first time in a long, long time, will enter with a lot of pessimism, like, I don't even know who we are or what we're supposed to be or what I'm supposed to root for. It's just an odd situation. The National League uh, wild card, let's talk about that just because it seems to be working out the way baseball wanted. You've got a lot of teams involved. You had a Phillies team last year that that, – got through the Braves, Mets, and Dodgers that were supposed to be locks. One of the three was going to be in the World Series, and, of course, none of the three were. So there's optimism. If you get in, anything can happen. And, boy, the National League looks like it's going to be very interesting at the bottom there, even if the Braves and Dodgers prove to be too much in the end. Yeah, and I think, you know, you see the NL Central. You know, that division is certainly, I don't want to say wide open, but it's it's certainly more winnable than, than the other divisions out there. And, you know, the Phillies are, are playing well, and I feel like the Phillies are a team that's they're built better for the postseason than the regular season. Like, you get to the postseason, they've got some really high-end starters they could throw out there in a the short season, some really good relievers they could lean on in a short series. So we kind of saw that last year where they were better in the postseason than they were over the 162 games. And, you know, the Cubs have played really well the last two months or so. I was kind of waiting for them to just kind of go on a run at some point, and they're finally doing it now. You know, there's just, there's enough talent there that if they don't win the division, they're certainly good enough to be a real headache in the postseason. And especially if Marcus Stroman gets healthy, you know, he has a rib fracture now. I don't know what the outlook is there, but the Cubs are really good. They have a lot of talent there. The Brewers, I wish they had more offense. I wish they were a little bit more aggressive at the trade deadline. They brought in some okay players in Canna and, and Carlos Santana. The Diamondbacks are kind of fading out of it now. You know, yeah, they are. 
the common theme here is that there were a lot of teams in the National League that were like kind of they were early in the season. They were really young, really exciting. The Diamondbacks, the Reds, and they needed pitching at the trade deadline. They didn't get it, and now they're kind of falling out of the postseason race. That's kind of the common theme here, where teams that needed help didn't get it are kind of falling out of it. And you see teams that are a little bit more talented, the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Phillies, who are I think they're in the top all card spot. They're kind of rising to the top here now. Let me ask you a general question with with especially in the American League East. It's a great microcosm, really. With Tampa and Baltimore being lower payroll teams and having good success in Baltimore, you know, having to pay a, a big price over the years to get to the position they're in now where they have made great decisions with young players and have a lot of reasons to be optimistic, what does the Players Association think of the smaller uh, payroll teams being more successful in many instances and therefore kind of devaluing what the Yankees and Red Sox and Toronto and some of these teams that have not had great success spending and the Mets, uh, what does it do to their overall view of how baseball is headed or what might happen with owners and salaries? You know, honestly, it really doesn't change much because you look at the last few years, a bunch of big payroll teams won the World Series, whether it's the Nationals, the Astros, the Red Sox, the year they won the Dodgers, of course. When they won the World Series, those teams, they spent a ton of money, and the argument was, well, this is not fair. All the big market teams are winning. We have to clamp down on payroll. And now that the big market, the teams that spent the most, the Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, too, they're performing poorly. Now it becomes, well, see, it's smart not to spend money. You know, whatever is going on, the narrative is kind of crafted that, well, you shouldn't spend more. And that's just just the way life is with the union. And I really don't think that, that, that this changes anything for them and, you know, you talked about the Rays and the, the Orioles having success, but they haven't really won anything yet. You know, the Rays, they don't have a championship to validate all this success about, you know, all this talk about they're the smartest team in baseball. They haven't won a championship yet. At some point, you got to kind of validate this. And the Orioles, as great as they've been, there's a lot of questions about that pitching and what happens when they get to October and all their guys are, they're already over their career high in innings. What happens when you get there and all your pitchers run fumes? And Yeah, they might know, be the opposite of what you talked about, a team built for the regular season but not built for the postseason. You might be right. Right, right. and are you going to pay Adley Rutschman? Are you going to pay Gunnar Henderson? Because John Angelos, the track record is no, you're not, because they didn't pay Manny Machado. They didn't pay a lot of the other guys they had the last time they were competitive. So we kind of got to see, like, okay, yes, they're a great story. They're having a great season. Are they going to get over the hump? Are they really going to go all in to contend there? So, I don't know. Well, we'll see what they do. But ultimately, I mean, the the, the prevailing argument in baseball is spending is bad. That's what MLB, MLB doesn't want teams to spend. The owners don't want to spend. So whatever happens, it's bad. If high payroll team wins, it's bad. If low payroll teams win, we'll see spending is bad. So everything in the game is about trying to clamp down on spending at the top. That's just the way it is. What was your uh, peripheral feel going around baseball on the Kevin Brown, John Angelos thing? Uh, it was not good. It was an embarrassing moment for the organization. Completely, like, unforced error there. You know, that was, it was very silly. You know, it's, the only did was recite a stat that made the Orioles look good. That's the thing. It, like, it was saying, like, look how good they're doing now. You should be excited about this. And they still, uh, you know, suspension. Nobody used the word suspension, but obviously he was off broadcasts for a while and, the blowback from around the league from broadcasters was certainly loud, but just other executives are, you know, like, like, what are they doing here? You can't, you can't just hide from this. And this is something that the Orioles have been doing since, you know, John Miller got forced out years and years ago. It's just not a good look for them. Brown's back on broadcast now, and that's great, but 
this, this was something that just didn't need to be a thing. And it became like the story for a week. And it was just, just a really kind of stupid cell phone by them. Yeah, I guess the the lesson, though, is, you know, life goes on. I mean, these owners do have that kind of power. If they don't like it, they don't like it. And the broadcasters have to fall in line. And Brown certainly did and didn't throw anybody under the bus on his way back. He wants to work. And it's kind of an unfortunate situation there because yeah. they all have handcuffs on. It's just a matter of how tight they are, uh, you know, in terms of how they present the game and whether the owner is going to be appreciative of that or not. And it was just a little reminder of just how much power they have and how – you know, the Oriole fans got to root for the Orioles anyway. So uh, no matter what, Brown's situation, they shake their heads about it. But then they, you know, then they quickly go, what time's the game? You know, yeah. who are we playing this weekend? So life goes on around it. Uh, generally in baseball, Mike, we'll leave you with this. Uh, where are we right now? How do you feel about the game? How do you feel the Major League Baseball front office feels about the game, the playoffs, the, the general vibe? I know attendance is up. I don't yeah. know whether it's because people love baseball or whether they love getting out and, you know, going to the ballpark. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sold on it's the game of baseball. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the game is probably in the best place it's been for, I don't know, 10, 15 years maybe. It's it's a combination thing. I think you're in a, we're in a period right now where there's a lot of really exciting young players who you just you can't really take your eyes off of them, whether it's Acuna or Ellie De La Cruz. You know, it's just there's these electrifying players you want to see and. The new rules have helped too. I think the pitch, the pitch clock has been great. You know, the games yes. are it's the same amount of action in twenty fewer minutes. You know, it's it's just so much better. It's just such a better pace. It's so much. The game has been refreshed, really. And I don't know what to think about the attendance. You know, yeah, obviously it's a good sign. Is it because of the new rules? I mean, I mean, who really knows? Maybe it's because we didn't have like this soul crushing lockout last year that was just unbearable. And maybe people are finally over that. Game's in a pretty good place, though. Attendance is up, ratings are up, action on the field is great, and it's you don't have to commit as much time to it. I mean, 162 game seasons a big commitment. Three and a half hours a night is that, that's pretty. That's a lot to ask of people. So, the pitch clock reducing that, I think, has been really good for baseball overall. Mike, good insight. We appreciate it as always. Thanks for being a part of CBS Sports Radio this morning. Sure, happy to come on. There you go, Mike Exisa joining us. Uh, you can read his stuff on CBSSports.com. Chris Moore for Bill Ryder. This is CBS Sports Radio. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. You know, we've all been through some unpredictable times over the past few years, and it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash writer, R-E-I-T-E-R, today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash writer. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We Willie Ryder is off today. I'm Chris Moore filling in. This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare? Want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit. Get it all at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. All right, this portion of the program, of course, is buy or sell, and we're going. Let's go. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. Yes, it's that time, EJ. Are you ready? I am ready to go. Excited to, to be here. Excited to do another buy or sell. There we go. Fire when ready, Grizzly. All right, let's get it. So, number one, the situation in Philadelphia appears to be headed for a messy showdown. As James Harden said earlier this week, he would never be a part of an organization with, quote, liar Daryl Morey, who is the president of the Sixers. Buy or sell, James Harden has played his last game in Philadelphia. Oh, boy, and this is really tough for me because I don't know whether they can put the water under the bridge. It doesn't sound like it, does it? But where will he play? I got no idea. So I'm going to take the other side. I'm going to sell. Sell. EJ and I talked. He buys, but he admits he's not sure where that next location will be. It's drama, though. The NBA likes drama. We're going to get it. It is. Yeah, it is. I'm not sure what's going to happen. It is indeed drama, but wow. So you actually, you actually sell. You think that he will play again in Philadelphia? I do. How's that going to work? I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> the apology is going to have to be a great one. Wow. Okay, so let's get to number two here. So number two, after another disappointing showing by the O-line in training camp, yesterday Aaron Rodgers said his concern level was, quote, low for the unit heading into the upcoming Jets season. Buy or sell the Jets' offensive line as a major hurdle to the team's success this season. Another example, EJ, of what we were talking about earlier, and that is don't ask a question to somebody who has only one choice for an answer. <laughs> I mean, how can you ask Aaron Rodgers how concerned he is about the offensive line and expect him to tell you the truth? It's just a ridiculous theory. But that was not your question. Buy or sell the Jets' offensive line as a major hurdle to the team's success this season? I buy that. Buy. And part of it may be health. So I think they're better than the reputation is if they're healthy, but they have no depth. So if they get injuries, they won't be able to sustain them. Yeah, it's been a really problem pretty much throughout yeah. the entire yeah. training Yeah, they camp. get hurt every year. Yep, and then we saw Robert Sala get on the officer's line on the last episode of Hard Knock. So it seems like a problem that is not going away. Okay, number three. Several NFL teams have been holding inter-squad practices of the course of training camp, but this week alone, we've seen fights ensue between the Jets and Bucks, the Raiders and the Rams, and the Ravens and the Commanders. So, buy or sell inter-squad practices as a good idea for NFL teams? Buy. I want to know who competes. Buy. And I don't mind, uh, you know, very rarely is there anything serious from those fights. Uh, jet assistant coach had to go to the hospital, but he's fine, and that was an unusual situation. You know, look, I, I want it to be real, right? I mean, we're all talking about, oh, they're all rich. They don't care anyway. Uh, it's nice when the emotions show, and obviously you don't want anyone hurt, but I think it's it's the best way to show that guys care. It's funny. I've, I've been had for a long time because I do not like fantasy football. I mean, uh, right. me, uh, uh, I don't like preseason football. I think right. a lot of time is a waste of time. I feel like this should be the preseason. Like, they should just cancel the games because they're usually bad watches anyway. And you can determine who makes the squad with these inter-squad practices. And you can play them on TV and people could watch them as they would normal preseason games. But the preseason has been such a waste of time for so many years. And now we have, you know, fewer games than we used to. At a certain point, I wonder if this actually ends up becoming the preseason. I think it would if they could monetize it. Right. You know, I, th I think that they'd love to do that, but they don't know how they can get away with charging people or making the same revenue that they're making now. Exactly. So, number four here, Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans says he wants to know who the team's starting QB would be. Uh, he said after practice, quote, we want to know who's the starter going to be, you know, soon so we can keep working uh, and the starting quarterback can take control of the offense. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask are both battling for the starting nod at this moment. Other teams have already announced their starting QBs after competitions in Indianapolis and Houston. So buy or sell, it is important to announce the starting quarterback early in training camp for an NFL team. Sell. Sell. That's just a lot of whining and look. If you don't have, you know, if you don't have a legitimate starter, then you don't have any quarterbacks and you want to get it right, and you want it to be fair if, in fact, it needs to be, and it sounds like it needs to be. So, to me, it's an overrated deal at this point. I mean, I think by, you know, a week and a half to go, maybe 10 days to go, 
I wouldn't be comfortable after that, but up until then, I'm all good. It's funny because usually during these quarterback competitions, unfortunately, usually they're bad teams. They're teams yeah. with two quarterbacks that probably wouldn't start most other places. Correct. And then what happens usually is by week four or five or six, whenever the season goes haywire, they go to the other guy anyway. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think Mike Evans crowing a little bit maybe about nothing here. So uh, number five, um, J- Jonathan Taylor has left camp yet again. For what the team is deeming as a personal matter, the team notes that his absence this time is excused, but it comes amid the backdrop of a trade request he made earlier this summer and a prior decision to leave camp early to rehab an ankle injury. So Taylor currently not with the team again. Buy or sell, Jonathan Taylor will be in a Colts uniform playing in week one. Different situations entirely, but the same reason I think Harden ends up with the Sixers is more or less why I think Taylor... Uh, will not be playing for another team. So I I buy that he will be in a Colts uniform. Buy! I don't think his options are anywhere else. And I think he wants to play. Yeah, they really, I mean, the Colts don't have any incentive really to trade him nope. unless he continues to try to make things complicated for their team. But at the same time, we know he's a premier back, so... I think they'll put up with the headaches that they're dealing with in training camp to make sure that he's there for their rookie quarterback. Yeah, they can't get value back. They can't get value back. Yeah, running back values right now are at a complete all-time low. Okay, so going back to basketball here, the NBA announced its in-season tournament slate earlier this week uh, with the full schedule slated to be announced uh, later today for the regular season. The NBA has tried to make make efforts to make the regular season more significant with uh, the introduction of the in-season tournament. The play-in tournament and now requirements for players to play at least 65 games to be eligible for individual awards. So, buy or sell this NBA season being more exciting than the ones in recent years? Sell. Sell. But I don't blame them for trying. And I think that it's smart to get out in front and make changes to things you don't think are working. It's certainly helped baseball. We just talked about that with the pitch clock and the shift and uh, certain elements of the game that people like. And I think this is worth a try. But I think people realize the NBA is a show. You know, until the playoffs started, is a show. And I don't think the NBA being exciting in the regular season or more exciting is likely. So I think it'll be the same. Funny, I've actually been really a proponent and a supporter of the in-season tournament. I know a lot of people are not that crazy about it. I really feel like it will jazz up at least the early part of the season where a lot of people really aren't paying attention. And maybe not so much the pool play that they'll have. But I think once you get to the knockout stage and there actually is something that's being played for, I think it'll be interesting. Well, how do you feel about the in-season tournament? Do you think that it's something that will stay for a long time at the NBA? I don't know. I think that the, the experiment is exactly what it, what it set out to be, and I think they're smart for doing it uh, because I don't think they have anything to lose here. I don't think there's a lot of risk involved with this. If it's a disaster or people don't care, they just, you know, they just take it out. Uh, so uh, to me, it's smart. It's smart marketing to give it a whirl, and I don't think I'm in tune enough to really know whether it will work with the NBA fans who are really used to picking games during the year that they want to watch and then getting ready for the playoffs. Makes sense. Okay, the last one here. Soccer star Neymar is the latest premier athlete to sign a deal to play in the Saudi league. He joins Cristiano Ronaldo, who also left his European soccer club to join the Saudi Pro League. The deal 
is a two-year agreement worth a reported $300 million. The large sums of money being handed out uh, have other, led other stars like Giannis Antetokounmpo and the NBA to joke about wanting to join the Saudi Pro League. And of course, we've seen uh, how Live Golf has up upended the hierarchy of golf in the U.S. Buy or sell the Saudis as a threat to sign pro athletes in America's biggest sports like basketball, football, or baseball? Buy. Buy. Money talks, and uh, everything is global, much more global than it's been. The NFL is least global of all our sports, but never say never. Saudi ownership, uh, sharing with other NFL owners, probably would get approved over time. So, yeah, I think it's a legitimate threat. You know, it's not a threat for tomorrow, but to me it's a threat for 2030, 2035. It's kind of hard to really put into, to quantify. I mean, yes, we are officially quantifying, but it's still hard to put into, like, words, amounts of money these athletes have been getting in these deals with Saudis, whether it's the live tournament or live golf tour, or whether it's been the soccer players like Neymar and Cristiano Ronaldo, and they've been going after uh, Kylian Mbappe as well. I mean, these are sums of money that have been hard for these people to turn turn down and to think that uh, you won't be have other entities like the PGA who will say that, oh, we don't want to deal with the Saudis, and then as soon as they get a large sum of money, they say, all right, come on down. I, I think it's probably, um, you know, short-sighted. So I agree. I think that there is something to, to be said about what the future of sports looks like with this kind of money being infused from uh, the Saudis in this situation. And, of course, these players' careers are limited in time, so you get all you can when you can, and that's what they're thinking. I mean, golf guys can play for a long time, but the other sports, not that way, and they want to get as much as they can in as short a period of time as they can while they're healthy, so you can see why it would be alluring to them. Absolutely. And that is buy or sell. Yes, it is. Well done. Mr. Stewart. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well done. Chris Moore for Bill Ryder. EJ Stewart producing. Nice to have you with us as we wrap it up on a Thursday. The start of most golf tournaments, including this week's BMW Championship, going on at Olympia Fields Country Club outside of Chicago. And just underway there, down to 50, down to 30 next week. So we'll see how it plays out for the FedEx Championship and then the Ryder Cup at the end of September. And after next week, and the FedEx crowning, uh, they will name the Ryder Cup team, and that will be a point of interest and a point of controversy, no doubt. But you know what's funny? Uh, doing the buy and sell with EJ and talking about what we've been talking about this morning, and that is the the competition sort of taking a back seat to the marketing of the event itself as an event, as a show. Um, and I look at, you know, at, at what we used in buy or sell. You know, I don't know that Harden, Harden's absence or his uh, participation with the Sixers is a tremendous game changer for them with all the variables in and around that team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers talking about the offensive line and whether it will hold up or not. Um, Teams practicing with each other and having fights. Mike Evans wanting to know who the starting quarterback will be. Jonathan Taylor leaving the team in an excused absence and does that signal that he might not play. The in-season tournament, which is again meant to be meant to bolster interest in a regular season that uh, sort of is a closed shop. In other words, there isn't great win-loss debate or concern in the regular year. It's very much like in, in the NBA, a preseason for the playoffs. Like, how much better can we get? How much better do we compete how well do we match up with the teams we'll likely have to beat etc and then you know Neymar and uh, Ronaldo and whether the Saudis will get more involved with U.S. sports and U.S. sports stars and and wooing them financially to change what they're doing uh, and their allegiances so most of what we talk about is off the court it's not about will some team beat another team you know, we, we do that, and we will obviously do that when the playoffs come, and we do matchups, et cetera, and we'll do that in the NFL all year with matchups about how this team matches up with that team. But a lot of our periphery, our, our enjoyment of sports is about, uh, first of all, what will happen, right? Because what has happened isn't debatable anymore. It's over. And then, secondly, it's the entertainment value of – whether it's James Harden or Steph Curry or anybody else in any sport, Otani, you know, we talked earlier about Otani bringing people to the ballpark uh, when he comes to play the Mets next week or, or uh, wherever he goes. And 
that's one thing NBA players do tremendously well is if you have a favorite NBA player and he's coming near your home city, uh, a lot of people and a lot of kids want to go see that player. And they really don't care about his team very much. They really don't care about the team's record, with some exceptions. They care about the player and wanting to see him play, wanting to see him do the things that made them a fan to begin with. So we do spend an awful lot of time in the non-one-loss world, in the non-competitive world, just in the general environment of sports rather than the competition of sports. And even in the buy-sell today, that was pretty much, you know, like this whole jet thing between hard knocks, Aaron Rodgers, the up-and-coming players that were honored last year, you know, they're, they're set up for a huge disappointment, I think. But what has been, first of all, I could easily be wrong. Secondly, what has been the value of all of this to this point? And the answer is there's been a lot of value to it. Like when I look at the forgotten, beaten up, mismanaged, overhyped, quickly forgotten in the rest of the country jets, they're not that now. Whether they fall on their face or they shine, or in all likelihood end up in the middle in a 10 and 7, 9 and 8 world, they have electrified their fan base. They have been the great subject of debate. They sold a lot of stuff. And they've become relevant from irrelevant. And they are thinking and hoping that, as in the Dalvin Cook situation, they've become a place to go to rather than what they have been, which is a place to avoid. So without having played a game, won a game, showed any competence or any success whatsoever, they've already won a lot of little off-the-field battles that are financially rewarding for the franchise and perhaps will pay future benefit of them being someone who's interested in competing. All of this without playing a game yet. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been great. Jet fans don't want to hear this, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the Aaron Rodgers that guided his team to 10 points two years ago against San Francisco at home in a playoff game in which 14 points would have been enough to win, or 17. And they couldn't get that at home in a playoff game at at Lambeau against a pretty pedestrian San Francisco team. He has not had, he has not, especially postseason-wise, lived up to his reputation. But we elevate who's left, that breed of Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Manning, Manning, uh, you know, Roethlisberger, Rodgers is still standing. He's still here. You know, he's Brady. He's one of the, he's still here. I mean, and that elevates him in and of itself with the fan base and with the NFL and with his controversial stand on things, which is so much more important now in social world, in the social media world than it was 30 years ago. Uh, It just adds to the drama and the excitement and the, I want to see this. And there are a tremendous number of people that want the Jets to fail. 
Just like when the Mets spent all the money with Steve Cohen, they wanted them to fail. They've always wanted the Yankees to fail. They want LeBron James to fail. They want Tom Brady to fail. There's always going to be that element that wants to see the can't-miss, the heavyweight, fall. They want to see him fall because they think the hype is is not warranted. And they want them to prove themselves to be right when this doesn't work out for the Jets, for example. So you get that ancillary interest where there was none because of hate. I mean, it's one of the things I've always mentioned about the NHL, which has really hurt them, is that fans don't root against, uh, especially casual fans, in the National Hockey League. I mean, sure, the you know the Bruins and Canadians, well, maybe not the Canadians anymore because it's been so bad for them, but you know the, the rivalries um, of the old NHL and uh, you know just in Florida, for example, the Lightning and the Panthers because they're both there. Um, you know, you, you still get those rivalries, Philadelphia and the Rangers and Boston and the Rangers and all that, but it's not the same. You know, there isn't, I hate those guys over there, or I hate this player, and I want to see him fail. You don't get that. Uh, you don't get that viewer that wants to see the other team lose or wants to see the other team fall on its face. There are people rooting hard against LeBron James. There are people rooting hard against Tom Brady. Um, I don't think Otani brings that out, and I don't know whether he ever will because he's such a freak <laughs> in his athletic ability. But there are people that root for, for failure, and the more success you have, the harder they root against you. And that is what Aaron Rodgers is definitely facing for sure, but it also is a benefit to the Jets in general because it makes them more relevant. And they're a relevant team with him. And they haven't played yet. They haven't proven that they're relevant. And we don't know what their offensive line will do. And we don't know how valuable defense is in football anymore because it doesn't seem like the teams that are finishing high defensively in statistics are the ones that are advancing in the postseason. You can look it up. It's easy to look up. Total defense versus total offense. The teams you're worried about and the teams that will likely win are the teams that are great in total offense. They are not the teams that rank high defensively, with rare exception. So that old adage that you grew up with, defense wins championships, not in the NFL and not anymore. Offense wins championships in the NFL and balance in general. And one of the great things about the NFL and most sports really is when you get to the end it's the most balanced team. One-sided teams don't generally win. Thanks to EJ Stewart. Nice to fill in for Bill. I'll be around on the weekend. Uh, thanks to Pat on the updates as well. And to Mike Axis uh, for joining us. We'll do it again soon. This is CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.